Welcome to Physics Twist. This week in Science and Technology, the Australian science news podcast for the scientifically curious, both neophytes and crackerjacks alike. We are powered by Physics Education, leading science communicators in the education space. And it's our job to deliver exciting science content all around Australia. And what better way to do that than with a direct injection of science content straight into your ear holes. In this episode of Physics Twist, in huge if true, how much does a kilogram weigh? The answer may surprise you. In On the Green with Quill, the world's oceans are being eaten by something. But what? In Far Out with Duncan, a huge discovery under a glacier of cosmic origins and a new fact of the week. Just a note that we are recording with a different microphone this week because our lovely company director and CEO, Ben Newsom has taken our normal one this week because he's interviewing the one and only Dr. Carl. So if you're here from the Dr. Carl interview, welcome to Physics Twist. Hey, Quill. Yeah, Duncan. How much does a kilogram weigh? Uh, a kilogram? Yeah, I think that's a pretty good answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it has to weigh, like, something. Yeah. Right? Like, you have to be able to quantify it. You have to give it a number like somehow. compare it to something. You have to compare it to something. Exactly right. So, that's what they originally did when they came up with the concept of the kilogram. Okay. And what they did, this is back, this is the French, mm-hmm. back in the late 1700s, early 1800s. Cool. Is they defined it as being... Pretty much like they took this piece of metal and they said, okay. that's a kilogram. Right. Okay, it sounds arbitrary. It does. But you have to compare it to something in order for anything to make sense. Yeah, you right? have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. Mm. So that something that it weighs is basically like this chunk of what's called platinum iridium alloy. Ooh. That was actually created in 1889, so after okay. they created the whole system. Um, and that's housed at the International Bureau of Weights and Measures in Ooh, France. I didn't know there was such a bureau. There, bureau. Yeah, there is such a thing. <laughs> so the kilogram comes from what's called the Système International, mm-hmm. right? So SI. International System. International System of Units. Mm-hmm. So th- things like the kilogram and yep. the second mm-hmm. and what other Kind SI? of measures of anything, I guess. Measures of anything, yeah. at least, you know. Because you've got to measure something in something. Exactly. In a unit yeah. of some sort. Yeah, exactly. So, like, <laughs> 12 rods to the hogshead, that's not that's not SI units. We don't do that anymore. Right. Um, but, yeah. So, one elbow to kind of halfway up my wrist. Yeah, being a I guard use. or something yep, like yep. that. Yeah, yeah. that's the the one that's in France. That's called the International Prototype Kilogram. Wow. Goes by a couple of nicknames. One of them is Big K. Big K. Another one is Le Grand K. Why K? Kilogram. All oh, right, yeah. of course. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So what they did is they've got that one, and that one object is defined as the kilogram. The kilogram. It's not a kilogram. It's no. the kilogram. Okay. Um, and they made a bunch of copies of the of this thing, and they yeah. sent it around the world. Okay. Do you see where this is going that at all? Our kilograms might not be kilograms. Yeah, they discovered a little while ago mm-hmm. that the kilogram, the kilogram, is actually losing weight. So it's losing kilograms. Yeah, that becomes a problem because 
now everything is out of whack because yeah. that kilogram is the kilogram, which means things that used to weigh a kilogram now weigh more than a kilogram. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Well, if our kilogram suddenly is less than a kilogram, then everything is kind of in a ratio to that kilogram. Yep. Does that mean we all weigh less? So we've just lost no, some we weight? No, we all weigh more. Oh, <laughs> there you <laughs> That's go. That's a problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's going to happen now mm. is because they've realised that this is a huge problem, on Friday, which is tomorrow, at the time of recording, yeah. um, scientists from the ra- around the world are meeting at the General Conference on Weights and Measures in Versailles. The General Conference on Weights and Measures. What a party, right? It's going to go <laughs> wild. It's going to go crazy. Yeah, actually, you know, conferences go pretty crazy. You think this one's going to go you, crazy? You study hard, you party hard. Yep. <laughs> this isn't uni, mate. <laughs> so Clearly never been to a scientific <laughs> conference. That's I haven't, actually. Well, let me tell you. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. So what they're going to do is they're going to vote on a new definition of the kilogram. Okay? Ooh. And rather than being tied to a physical object like it is now, it's going to be tied to a universal constant in nature because all the other SI units are tied to a constant in nature. Yeah, right. So the second, for example, that is the number of vibrations of a piece of quartz or something like that. So we want to link it to something that's not going to change. Exactly. Yeah. Because the problem is, like we said, it has lost weight. It's lost about 50 micrograms, Mm -hmm. which is about the mass of an eyelash. Okay. Um, so not a lot, but when you're basing everything in the world on this, could yeah. be pretty important. Absolutely, because then we don't know how much things really yeah. weigh. So it needs to be, um, it needs to be a constant thing. Yeah. So yeah, what they're going to do is they're going to redefine it, and that's if the vote passes, which it's okay. it's, it's expected to. Um, they're going to affix the definition of the kilogram, basically to something called the Planck constant. Mm-hmm. Now Planck constant is far too complicated to explain in the... I mean, this is like... This would turn into a three-hour podcast right. if we did that. We'd have to do a bit more research too, probably. Yeah. It's basically... It has to do with light, doesn't it? Yep. Light. Yeah. It's a quantum mechanics thing. Yeah. So it basically is the amount of energy a photon carries mm. with the frequency of its electromagnetic wave. Which basically... Is too much for us to explain it. Far too much, yeah. Yeah. So it was named after this physicist, Max Planck. So, yeah, like I said, it's the only, the kilogram's the only one that's still defined by a physical object. So something like the meter, for example, Mm -hmm. that's now tied to the distance light travels in a vacuum in one 299,792,458 of a second. Look, it sounds, it sounds... More accurate yeah. to have it associated with something like that as opposed to a rod that's losing eyelashes all over the place. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> that, and that, now I have this rod. image of a rod with these beautiful big eyes fluttering oh. its eyelashes and going, oh, I just lost an eyelash and <laughs> now I lose my job. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there you go. And the second, sorry, it wasn't um, quartz. It was um, atoms in element called cesium. Mm-hmm. Right, so they're cool. constant. No matter where you are in the universe, Same-sies. that will never change. Samesies. Ever. Certainly okay. not losing weight. I mean, I could stand to lose a little bit of weight personally, but hopefully a bit more than an eyelash. <laughs> so what I thought we would do, given that this is happening, mm-hmm. is talk about some other units. Okay. Some of which are quite funny. Okay, let's, he- so let's hear them. Here's one. We've got the beard second. A beard second? Beard second. Is this how long a beard grows in a second? Is a unit of length inspired by the light year. Okay. okay. 
but it's kind of more applicable to extremely short distances, right? So they, right. they use this in things like integrated circuits. And integrated circuits like what computers are made out yeah, of, basically. Sure. The beard second is defined as the length an average beard grows in one second. Legit. Yeah. I was right. <laughs> how good is that? <laughs> A I beard wonder, second. It doesn't actually say how, in my notes that I've made, it doesn't actually say how long it is, but I, I'm assuming it's what distance? tiny. Next time someone asks me when I'll be ready, I'm going to say in a beard, beard second. second. No, but it's a length. Oh, that's right. How far away are you? From what? Oh, yeah. Like I'll, I'll be there in a beard second. Far away I'm you? just one beard second away. I'll be there in point zero zero zero. No, wait. I'll, you get I'll be there in one second. Time. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Here's another one. The smoot. Spell this for me. S-M-O-O-T. Nice. Also a unit of length. What's a smoot? It's defined as the height in 1958, mm -hmm. of Oliver R. Smoot. And so measuring things in Smoots now. Yeah, so in um, 1962, he was a student at Harvard, mm -hmm. and they measured Harvard Bridge, as a bridge at Harvard, uh, in Smoot units. And it was determined to be 364.4 Smoots. Cool. Plus or minus one ear. One ear, one yeah. Smoot ear. One Smoot ear. Because it's different, people have different ears. Yeah, so you know what's amazing about this is that Oliver R. Smoot himself later became the chairman of the American National Standards Institute. Well, there you go. And then the president of the International Organization for Standardization. Good work, Smooty. How good is that? And at the time, he was 5 feet 7 inches, okay. or 170 centimetres using SI units. A good average height. Yeah, pretty, mm. pretty. Oh, it's actually kind of kind of short. I was thinking it was kind of tall, but that's kind <laughs> it's of... not. <laughs> and what's really funny is that Google Earth and Google Calculator include the smoot as a unit of measurement. Fantastic. Because Google, man, they're just a bunch of nerds, really, a bunch of Harvard grads. We and... love nerds. Yeah, we do. So, does this mean that my elbow to, like... So, sometimes I'll measure something from my elbow to my wrist mm -hmm. or my elbow to my fingertip, mm. or it might be like, okay, this one's two elbows... Plus a hand. That's yeah. legit. Because if a smooth is a legit one, then surely Quill's elbow is a legit one. Could be. Yeah. Only problem there being that your the length of your elbow to your wrist probably changes a little bit from day to day. But wouldn't smooths change? Yeah, they wouldn't. Yeah, but it was that particular time. <laughs> okay. Within like a few minutes that they measured 364.4 right. smooths. <laughs> okay. The length of Harbour Bridge. Um, here's another one. A pirate ninja. Excellent. A pirate ninja is defined as one kilowatt hour per Martian day, or sol. There's a lot of random units in that yeah. equation. Yeah. <laughs> so anyone who's listened to the special edition Master of Magic episode mm -hmm. knows exactly what a sol is. Um, so have you seen The Martian and or read the book The Martian? No. Oh, it's a fantastic movie. You've got to I see it. I will put it on my to-read slash watch movie list. Definitely. So Andy Weir, who's the author of that book, um, basically said that he came up with this definition. I think he came up with this definition. Um, but apparently Adam Savage, you know who Adam Savage is? I do. Yeah, yeah. No, wait, oh. I'm thinking of yeah, Fred Ghost, Savage. Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh, my God. The 80s heartthrob. <laughs> who could resist? Wonder years, man. You know I'm old. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to say it, but... <laughs> um, yeah, so Adam Savage said that the Curiosity Rover team, which we've talked about on the mm -hmm. special edition... Um, at, the, at JPL, references Millie Pirate Ninjas in their meetings. Cool. How good is that? I feel like we should start measuring things in Millie Pirate Ninjas. Yeah. Ninjas. But what do we have that could measure measure kilowatt hours per Martian day? 
I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, maybe future Duncan will think of something awesome. Yeah, prob- I, I think current Duncan could probably come up with an idea, like a generator that probably yeah. works in kilowatt hours. Yeah. Future Duncan, is that correct? Pretty much. Pretty oh, much, cool. Pretty much. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, Future Duncan. Oh, oh no. Oh. How silly of me. Damn. Yeah. We should have thought of that. Yeah. Um, so there you go. The kilogram, no one really actually has any idea how much it actually weighs. I should also mention, um, you know, I said that there's like seven copies around the world. Mm. Those have all been changing in weight as well. And at the same ratio? Like, has everyone lost an eyelash or has someone else lost like an eyebrow? No, some of them have gained weight. Others, yeah. And others oh, have decreased in weight. So I saw a chart. You can look it up on YouTube. I might actually put in... Um, a link. A link in the show notes to a video about this because it's absolutely fascinating. But these things are kept in, they're like like I said, platinum iridium, mm. and they're kept in these incredible, like hermetically sealed. Yeah. Jars Basically, a special like chamber that, that has like special no, no air, kind of no special exactly. conditions so that it doesn't undergo degrade or anything like that. Exactly. And yet they do. That's yeah, what's do. so confusing about it. But it's mm. like, you know, behind locked doors where it takes like two keys to open and mm. all that sort of stuff. And yet they are still changing weight despite being kept. In these incredible vacuums, it makes it might be all the stress no from sense. the secrecy. Maybe mm. it's freaking out. I mean, if I was being used as an SI unit, I would probably freak out too. <laughs> Am I as tall as I thought I was? <laughs> yeah. Where did I, if, if I'm shrinking at one eyelash like a day, that's fine. Yeah. I'll still be pretty tall. You see how much hair I leave around the house. Yeah, exactly. I'm shrinking. Maybe that's why I'm so short. <laughs> no, I think there's other <laughs> <a> reasons. <laughs> genetics. <laughs> Damn genetics. So there you go. Interesting. We will have finally a actual definition for how much a kilogram is and then we can know how much we weigh for sure and we might all gain weight and or lose weight yeah cool what if i wake up tomorrow once they've done the vote and i'm like oh i'm 120 kilograms or something like that nothing but celery for lunch yeah exactly calorie deficits baby so there you go that was uh that was huge of true interesting that's very interesting and i never really thought about where Measurements come from. No, no one really we does. just kind of go, this is how we measure this. But exactly. not like, when did we start measuring this like this? Definitely. And cool. a second is just like one sixtieth of a minute. But, but where does how long is that? Yeah, and you've got to like, define what it is before you can start separating yeah. out into little bits. Precisely. And then that, that means that all clocks around the globe can be exactly synchronised and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, and satellites as well. Cool. Which is really important. Which is very important. All right, Duncan, are you ready? For? To be on the green. With? With me. Yeah, on the green with Quill. On the green with Quill. All right, I have a super cool story for you today. Hit me. It's really cool. The Earth, well, actually, not so much the Earth. Mm. The oceans mm. in the Earth, okay, are getting eaten. They're getting gobbled up. Being gobbled up by the Earth. Earth is eating its own ocean. <laughs> that makes no sense. Okay. Where does it go? It goes into the earth. How did you find this out? Google. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Google. But it's no, it's right. Harvard so, nerds. so this is a, a, a kind of interesting story that's come about and there's recently some new data published in Nature. So Nature is a really fantastic and very high level um, journal. So mm. that's where scientists publish their articles in, in journals. Pretty and much only the best ones go there. Yeah, and that's right. And so they're actually reviewed by other scientists to make sure that they're really good science because you can't just be doing random science here and there. Mm-hmm. So this one's from Nature, which means it's good science. So it's actually got a lot of background to it and you know, legit. And um, what's going on is the earth actually is eating its own ocean. What we mean by this is the ocean is kind of disappearing under the earth. And I know that that sounds confusing. (laughs) I'll tell you what I mean. 
So we know that the Earth is the Earth, but it actually has a lot of layers. You knew this? Yes, yes, yeah, I knew this. Of course. So it has a lot of layers, and part of those layers is our tectonic plates, and that is part of the outer layer of the Earth, which is known as the Earth's crust. Yeah. So basically imagine the Earth's crust, or the outer layer. Uh, it's kind of like the skin on an apple or something. And then deep down the apple you've got flesh, and then you've got seeds and all those different things, and these are all different, represent different parts of the Earth. So the crust is actually made up of like a jigsaw. So it's not just one layer, like an apple skin. Imagine your apple skin was cut into lots of little pieces, like a jigsaw, but then fit together to make the whole crust. But they don't fit together perfectly, do they? They don't fit together perfectly, mm. like if you've ever done a jigsaw for a second or third time. Yeah. Pieces start to not to fit together so well. Mm. Okay, especially if you've, like, been eating or someone's been helping you that's yeah. young or your dog's chewed the pieces or something like this. Don't eat the crust. Don't eat the crust. Not the earth's crust. <laughs> not, not good. So what's happening is these tectonic plates... Um, can, well, sometimes when they come together, what they do is they have what we call an earthquake-prone subduction zone. Mm. Now, that's a lot of big fancy words. What it basically means is bits of these crusts will go under each other. Yep. Okay? So one goes over the top, one goes yeah. below. Because you can't ram two things together and then they both just stay there where they are. So one yep. will go under, one will go over. And when they do this, like you naturally think of it, it's actually going to draw some water down with it. Right, it gets like sucked in. Yeah, okay, so it's kind of sucked in or pushed down or whatever, however it happens. And as it's doing this, now you remember these crusts then come together and you've got one that's over the other one. But the one that brings the water down with it, you've kind of now sealed it back up again in essence. So you brought that water down into the next layer of the earth or below the actual top surface of the crust mm. and into what we call the mantle, which yes. is the liquid hot magma layer yep, of the earth. Yeah, cool. Does it just boil off or is there one way, is there a way for it to just stay there? Well, this is what, this is what part of what they've been kind of investigating and finding out because mm. we're not talking about a few drops that would just evaporate like they do if you flick some water in a hot pan. Mm. We're talking about millions and millions of litres of water. Yeah. It's okay, so a huge amount of water. So basically what they're finding is that there's actually like three times more water going under the into the earth than we actually originally thought there was. Oh, so this is not a new discovery per se. So we, they, already, we already knew that some of it was going down there. They knew some was going down, but it's a lot more than they actually thought. Yeah. But what is kind of new is that they found, they always thought some went down, some came back out, some went down, and it was kind of even. So what they've discovered um, as part of this new part is that actually it's not even. There's a, a lot more water going down into the crust uh, down below the crust, sorry, than there is coming back out. Um, and so it comes back out through things like volcanoes. So when we have like a volcano, these volcanoes are often in these locations where the crusts meet, yep. um, where the plates meet, sorry, and then they have water in them as well. So yeah. there'll be water in them, whether that's in the form of steam or, or whatever. Uh, but what we're actually finding is there's nowhere near enough water coming out in those to account for how much is going in. Right. So where's all that extra water going? Yeah. Because we're not losing water on the surface. So it's got to be somewhere that how it evens it out. Yeah. And so what they're discovering is um, they can actually listen to the way that earthquakes travel. What? Yeah, it's pretty cool. So they listen to the way that earthquakes travel, and they've done this by looking, uh, listening to earthquakes in um, that are happening in the Mariana Trench, which we know is oh, the deepest part yeah, of the Earth. Yeah, deepest known part. Anyway. The deepest known part of the uh, of the Earth is actually ten thousand nine hundred ninety four meters deep. Good lord. Which is Wait for it. 984 football fields deep. Now you're speaking my language. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Now that doesn't sound like a lot when you're thinking across the surface of the earth, but when you're talking into the earth, yeah. it's a lot. It's almost, what, 11 kilometres straight down. Yeah, exactly, which yeah. is really, really deep. You know they've actually gone there in the yeah. submarines? 
It's crazy. really cool. Yeah, and there's yeah. some weird stuff down there's there. There's some weird, creepy yeah. animals with like light bulbs and various other strange yeah, things going on. Awful teeth. Yeah. So what's going on is this research is helping understand what's called the deep water cycle. And this is basically what's going on with the water on the earth, how does it move between parts of the earth, and what happens to it as it moves between these places. And the contribution of this understanding this cycle has lots like lots of different things that we can learn from this. Mm. So basically what is happening is the water can also be stored basically in a crystalline form, which is like a crystal okay. of water. And it does this when it forms into minerals. So a lot of minerals would be hydrated minerals that have lots right. of water in them. It can also have what we call, um, I guess not, not hydrated again, but kind of water-filled, I guess, fractures in the crust as well. And when we listen to earthquakes, we get an echo from them. Yeah. And when we listen to that echo, the speed that it travels, so its velocity, is actually slowed down when it passes through area where there's water. Oh, okay. So you can kind of listen to it and it will be travelling at a certain speed and then it will slow down and then it will speed up again. Hmm. And what you're doing is you're kind of understanding how much of that is passing through water. Yeah. And this is below the Earth's crust. So you're listening to kind of what water is going on under there. Yeah. That is yeah. super clever. It's pretty weird. It's really clever. But really cool. But we're not actually losing any amount of water that we need to be concerned about. We're not, but we're not losing water, right? We can't just lose water. No, it doesn't go any... Well, yeah, it doesn't disappear from the earth entirely. It's yeah. still on earth or so, in it. So the really interesting part of this is what they're actually learning about this is that there must be another way that water can move through the layers of the earth. Mm. So it was always just assumed it always came out as steam and whatnot coming from the mantle up through the crust yep. in volcanoes and stuff like that. But now we're realising that there's way more water going under yep. than there is water coming out. So there's got to be another way that it's coming out or else our whole world would kind of be losing water um, and we'd be seeing it. Yeah, okay, I see what you mean now. Okay, so, so it's still part of the sort of greater water cycle, if yeah. you can call it that. So it's getting out don't know some other way. Yeah. So like, what is it? it's like seeping out through yeah. something or something. They don't know. And that's, that's this, is a, this whole idea has kind of opened up a new way of looking at the mm. way that water can move and the deep water cycle and how water moves from different layers of the earth. Well, what about if it just goes back up when tectonic plates move again? Is that possible? It's possible. And there are some spots like where it kind of, you can see like really hot water will bubble and whatever, mm. but there's still, they would still kind of count those as when water's coming through a volcanic activity, I guess, because mm. those so there's something more happening there. Like whether that is like seeping up through the layers of the crust just in general, rather yeah. than like kind of pouring out through these tectonic plate boundaries or something. Yep. I don't know. They we, don't know. But we don't know yet. We don't know. Okay. Well, it remains to be seen. Yeah. Who knows? Might just seep through like it does when you soak up a sponge. Yeah, but it's rocks though. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Are rocks spongy? I don't think so. No, Have you seen that photo of? Someone diving in between two tectonic plates? No. Oh, it's crazy. I'll put it in the show notes for Is you. Is it legit? I think it's legit. So yeah. there's basically like these two sort of huge cliffs of rock yeah. um, underwater that are probably like 10 metres apart mm. maybe. And apparently they're two tectonic plates that are just about to collide <gasps> or that are sitting right next to each other. And this diver goes right in between them freak. and dives. And I was like, well, I hope there's no earthquake right now because you're going to get smushed. My or friend. any weird, creepy animals with, like, magma heads oh, they, they and can, light bulbs. Like, I, I'm fine if they don't. Giant squids. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you bring up those those creatures from really deep, like in the Mariana Trench and the Challenger yeah. Deep and stuff, if, if you bring them up, they die instantly. Yeah. Because they're used to the pressure down pressure. there. Pressure. Yeah. But they probably could survive in space. Do you reckon? No, that would be no pressure. Wouldn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. 
Backwards. <laughs> yeah, the opposite of that. Yeah. So they're going from massive pressure to no pressure at all. That was they, a really dumb thing to would, say. It wasn't really dumb. They would literally explode if you did that. This, that'd be kind of cool. I'd love to see that. Duncan, we don't talk about blowing up animals on the green oh, part yeah. of this show. <laughs> Take <laughs> it to another not segment. not environmentally friendly. Okay, well, that's actually a pretty good transition to um, Far Out with Duncan. Far Out with Should Duncan. we do Far Out? Far Out! Far Out. With Duncan. Should okay. we do that now? Yeah, Far Me we Out. do that right now. Okay, so this does involve exploding animals. Duncan. In a weird way. I feel like we needed a transition from the green part to exploding animals. That was it. That, okay, was, the that, was, the that was the segue. That was the segue. Okay, so this paper has come out in a journal called Science Advances, mm -hmm. talking about how there's some weird stuff happening out of a place called Hiawatha Glacier. Ooh. Now, that was my first attempt at pronouncing that, so that I hope it went all right. So being a glacier is basically this huge, slow-moving sheet of ice uh, this is more than a kilometre thick, mm -hmm. uh, and it's in Greenland. So Greenland is like northeast of Canada. Okay. As we know, Canada is really north as it is. So this place mm -hmm. is... Great place. Real north, real cold. Real north, real cold. Yeah. Love so it. what they noticed, scientists, in particular this guy called Kurt Kier, I have no idea how to pronounce his name because it's... Sorry, buddy. It's, yeah, it's very tricky. Um, I think he's Danish. Yeah, anyway. So... Notice that water drains from the glacier not in a straight line as it would normally do, but mm. kind of in this certain, like semicircular pattern. Cool. So this gentleman, Kurt, I shall just refer to him as Kurt mm -hmm. from now on, he's a geologist at the Natural History Museum in Denmark, in uh, Copenhagen, along with 21 co-authors, um, thinks this is weird, they better look into it. So our friend Kurt gets in a helicopter, flies over there, starts collecting samples, being like, I think I can figure out what's going on. What he found is the reason this glacier is draining in that weird semicircular pattern mm -hmm. is because underneath the glacier, there is a giant crater. Ooh. Yeah, underneath the glacier. Cool. 31 kilometers wide. Whoa. Yep. That's big. So what causes a crater? Space junk. So, sometimes. What's another thing? <laughs> space rocks. Call? Yeah, space rocks, so an asteroid, yes. right? <laughs> To cause this 31-kilometer-wide uh, crater, the asteroid that hit it must have been at least 1.5 kilometers across. Now, at this point, you must be mm. thinking, well, how many football fields is that? Yeah, of course. The answer is 16. It's 16 okay. football fields across. Still pretty big. Big asteroid, right? The thing is, it was made of iron. Ooh. Yeah, so it's a big buoy. It's, it's a, a big metal buoy. massive thing that's smashing into the Earth. Yeah, Sort of like what into happened when we wiped out the dinosaurs. Exactly. We'll come to that later. Mm. Uh, Apparently this thing weighs 12 tons. Seems real light to me for a for 1.5 kilometre thing of iron yeah, to weigh 12 seem... tons. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't seem... Doesn't well, seem but you know right. what? What's that? A kilogram's getting changing. True. So Who that knows could how be much it <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it could be a whole eyelash That's off. Exactly. This 12 thing tons much plus like an eyelash. 31,000 eyelashes. 12 tons. Um, so, yeah, some researchers on this, on this team basically believe that the asteroid struck it pretty crucial moment, roughly about 13,000 years ago. It could go up to like more than 100,000 years, but they're saying maybe about 13,000 mm -hmm. years ago, which is just as the world was thawing out from the last ice age. Oh. So that would mean it crashed into Earth when mammoths and other Ooh. 
large animals, megafauna, were where they were basically declining and people were spreading across North America. Mm. So that was where the exploding animals thing came in, by the way. <sighs> you know, your asteroid comes in. Well, Ooh. that's okay. That's not intentional exploding. Yeah, exactly. It's, space it's jump exploding. So this explosion, when it hit, would have been absolutely massive, mm. right? Colossal. would have been like the energy of 700 nuclear bombs. Whoa. Um, and observers who were like, you know, up to 500 kilometres away basically would have had this like shockwave hit them and then this like monstrous That's like crazy. thunder noise and stuff and then winds that blow at the speed of a hurricane. I don't crazy. think we can ever actually imagine how big an impact like that is. No, it's never happened in our yeah. sort of modern yeah. times. Um, but yeah. That's not all. This is the part where it gets really interesting. Okay. So other scientists have been looking for an explanation for something called the Younger Dryas. The Younger Dryas is a thousand-plus-year-long cooling event mm. due to disrupting currents in the Atlantic Ocean. Okay. Right? So they know this happened. They suspected that this was happening but couldn't really say why. No reason. Guessing that it was probably an asteroid that caused yep. a disruption in the current. But they hadn't found any crater. Yeah. So they're thinking, oh. hold on, we haven't seen any crater. So, like, this is just total guess at this point. This Younger Dryas, this sort of cooling event, they think it's due to a, an asteroid that also would have lit wildfires all across North America. Yep. Greenland technically, I guess, is part of North America that would have caused the extinction of, like, heaps of large mammals and also of the Clovis people mm. who were native to the area and hunted mammoths. Also, I don't know when, but when? how long ago did the did different landforms separate? Oh, that's that's millions that and millions. millions. Okay. Yeah, more, Just more, checking. More dinosaur. I era. should know that. Yeah. This one's 13,000 years <laughs> right. ago. So it's everything is pretty much ago. the same. Okay, yeah. cool. So, yeah, you put two and two together. We're looking for this asteroid somewhere in the area. Here's this massive asteroid. It's probably the one that mm. did this, right? Cool. So there's the answer. Yeah, okay. Pretty neat. Um, so I thought, good opportunity to talk about other asteroid impacts. Okay. All right, here's some massive ones. The Vredefort crater, also my first time attempting to pronounce that. I think it went cool. all right. It went all right. Two billion years ago. Okay. Basically in South Africa. Oh, okay. The crater was declared a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 2005. I've never seen an asteroid crater. Neither have I. Put that on the bucket list. Yeah, let's do it. Maybe mm. we can get work to pay for it. Yeah, it research. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, another one called Sudbury Basin, 1.8 billion years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that was in Canada, mm-hmm. the Ackerman Crater in South Australia. Huh. Right I've there. never seen it. Yep, neither have I. It's still there. 580 million years ago. Yep, it's in Lake Ackerman, Makes and it's sense. about 56 miles, 90 kilometers across. Hmm. Um, and then here's a good one. Oh, this is going to be terrible to pronounce, but Chicxulub Crater. That one I know. Which one is that? That's the one in Mexico. That's the one in Mexico. I believe it's pronounced Chicolux. Chicolux? I think so. Okay. My bad. I could get that wrong. That could be me, like, Chinese whispers down from someone else <laughs> yeah, the way right. they pronounced it, but yeah. Um, so that one, 65, 66 million years ago. 200 kilometres wide. And that was the one that, that demolished was, the dinosaur. Absolutely. Yeah. Put, yeah. Basically, the entire Earth into this massive, massive sort of ice age because yeah, sent up a huge amount of dust. Yep, blocked out the sun. Blocked out the sun. Changed the way that all sorts of things happened on the Earth. Killed all the vegetation. Killed all the vegetarians, mm-hmm. and then killed all the meat eaters. Exactly. Progression. And only the birds survived, or rather, tiny dinosaurs survived and became birds. Ah, oh, <gasps> tiny birds. Um, so there you go. Massive, massive asteroid discovered under a glacier. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I'm interested to hear what else comes from that. Yeah. 
Because we'll once see. you learn something like that, then suddenly new stuff starts popping up out of it as well. Absolutely, yeah. So I you know, wonder if this Younger Dryas theory will actually be confirmed. Because mm. at the moment, they're just kind of like, could oh, match. I think that's yeah. bad. It's basically about, right? You Pretty know, close. When you look at two puzzle pieces and you go, yeah, I reckon. Sort of the yeah. same. Yeah. And then you realise one's upside down and they don't actually fit together. Yeah, I'm not good at puzzles. I love puzzles. Well, well, I think we've got one more little uh, little segment we there. We do. Oh, what's it called? This one is the fact of the week. Fact of the week. Fact of the week. All right. So I've got a fact for you, Duncan. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of related to what you were just talking about in an offshoot kind of way. Wow. So many fantastic segues. I know. It's like we planned it, but we actually, we actually did, did it. it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best bit. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. Water can boil and freeze at the same time. The triple point? The triple Yay! point. Yay! Oh, I already knew Yay! that. The triple That's point of water. I was really excited. Does it happen? <laughs> Sorry, I ruined it. Ruined. Tell, tell our dear listeners about okay. the triple point. So the triple point happens when the temperature and the pressure is just right for all three phases, gas, liquid, and solid. So the phases are obviously whether we have got our molecules all really close together and a solid or they're wiggling past each other a little bit like a liquid or they're full of energy and wiggling up as much yeah. space as they can, which is gas, of course. And this basically means for them all to be right pressure and temperature and then they can exist in what is called a thermodynamic equilibrium. Nice. Which basically means you have all three states existing at the same time. They're constantly going from one to the other, Mm -hmm. but they're doing so at a rate which means you always have the same amount of all three of them. Very cool. I've seen a video of this and it's weird. Yeah. It's very weird because it's like the ice starts boiling and stuff like that. so strange. Crazy stuff. Now, the temperature that this happens at, correct me if I'm wrong, 0.01 0.01 degrees Celsius. I think the you are correct. only temperature that that can work. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Future Duncan, pressure? is that correct? Nailed it. Nailed oh, it. nice. And what about the pressure that it has to happen at? Is it a uh, pressure of zero? <laughs> like I don't know. Zero atmospheres? I'm pretty sure they have to do it in a vacuum. Maybe. I think so. To. I think so. Yeah. 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 I probably should have researched that more thoroughly. That's okay. I I'm, just thought it was cool and I got sidetracked. I think I just went down some weird, you know, YouTube rabbit hole <laughs> at 1am, probably on a school night, mm. going, wow, that's, that's amazing. Cool. Triple point yeah. of water. So there you go. Yeah. It's, it's not as exhilarating as I thought because you already knew it. Sorry, really ruined the surprise ruined on that it. one. But the listeners, you just blew the top right off their heads. I hope so. Yeah. Wait, I've got another one. This oh, is yeah. not science related, but this one blew my mind. Mm-hmm. This is not going to be effect for you because you don't have girl hair, <laughs> but bobby pins. They actually go in the other way around. (laughs) This won't blow your mind unless you use bobby pins. (laughs) For those of you listening out there, bobby pins actually go with the sticky up bit into your hair, not the flat bit. So ladies or people with long hair out there, if you're listening, I hope that one blows your mind more because it blew my mind. (laughs) Really saved the day with that one. (laughs) See, you didn't know that one. I really didn't know that one. I don't think you ever want a bobby pin. (laughs) I have I have worn poppy pins back in, you know, my younger days. <laughs> well, I there was you it go. in my experimental phase in college. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just, okay, look, just to bring it back to the science for a second. Yes. The fact that something can exist in three phases at once. Yeah. Solid liquid gas at the same time is pretty, pretty awesome. incredible. Yeah, it's very cool. I wonder if there are any other elements that can do that. Yeah. There probably is. Let's leave that open. I mean, if water can do it, which isn't an element, but it's a compound, but that's okay. If water can do it, then there must be other things. Yeah. I bet there is. And I think that's what 
they use, I think you can use rotary evaporators to do that, which is What's basically that? like a vacuumed contained glass bulbous container that is connected to a, a vacuum mm. and it rotates. So what you're doing is you're cooling it. It's in a vacuum all at the same time. And I think this is, I believe this is how they do it with the water as well. Oh, wow. So I would imagine that there's different temperature and different pressure settings where you could also do it with different kinds of, of substances. Dr. Quill, everyone. Every now and then this random, you know, that random PhD yeah. that I got actually brings out useful information. <laughs> I just go on YouTube. <laughs> I'll take your YouTube and I'll see you yeah, four years got, in a lab alone. Just got one upped. Well, fair enough, you know. I'm sure mine costs a lot more. <laughs> actually, you know what? That is not true because in Australia you don't have to pay to do a PhD. Really? Because at this point in your career you are an asset to the community to oh, be that's learning fantastic. that. fantastic. But masters you have to pay for. Masters you do pay for. Which is a real shame. Yeah. Mm. Well, there you go. There you go. I think that is a wrap on Physics Twist for this week. Do you I think, think so. that's the case? Yeah. Oh, I think we've learned enough for one day. Excellent. Well, don't forget, you can also listen to the Physics Ed podcast hosted by company director, CEO, and all-around nice guy, Ben Newsom. Um, particularly, check out the episode in which he interviews Dr. Carl. And I believe already. he's giving away some signed copies of Dr. Carl's new book. He, he definitely is, and I, I'll, I'll be honest, I rifled through that book. We should have pilfered it for facts of the week. I know, and you know what? We're not allowed to win it either, which I was a bit disappointed about. No, I know. <laughs> Entering in a, a fake name or something. <laughs> Hello, my name is Brian Cox. No, damn it. Brian <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, dear. So there we go. Um, if you want to check out more of us from Physics Education, you can go to physicseducation.com.au. That is F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S education.com.au. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes if you're enjoying what we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, that'd be great. Helps us out. And let really your friends does. know. Yeah, we want to reach, reach as many people as we can. Mm -hmm. All right. See you next time. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.